In a world where horrid stenches and piercing screams come not from the realms of fantasy, but from the nightmare of reality. Come two heroes bonded by love and the kind of desperation only parents can know. No, God, please, no, no, no! Behold, RPGs and Baby Makes Three, the greatest podcast in the history of all podcasts by parents who have made a podcast about being gamers with a baby. Did I mention it's a podcast? Here are your hosts, Gretchen Hilmers and Rob Hessler. Little RPGs and Baby Makes 3 bonus episode here for you. Hey Gretch, how's it going? Well, it's going quite well today because uh, I think our listeners would be excited to know, or not care at all, that we got a good amount of sleep last night. Good sleep last night. Happy Father's Day, everybody out there who's listening. Because you won't, well, chances are you won't be listening to this on Father's Day. Yeah, but you know, if you're a father and you're out there and you're listening, then happy Father's Day. If you're father to a human being or a... Animal. Yeah, marmot. Plant. Plants can be really finicky. I don't think we should count them out of, you know, needing a lot of care and attention. If you got out of bed today, happy Father's Day. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't matter which sex or non-sex you are. <laughs> happy Father's Day. Yeah, so this is going to be a little bit of a, a special episode, but um, we're going to be playing a couple of recordings that we did while Gretchen and I were on the road. We did a couple of recordings, so expect a little bit more background noise than normal, but um, but we just thought we would share those with you in one full episode. So two of those are going to be coming up. But before we do that, why don't we go ahead and roll for initiative? They see me rolling. Some people are born lucky. Let's roll. Roll for initiative. I rolled. Did you roll? What did you get? Did I you go win? last. <laughs> you go last. <laughs> I see. <laughs> so either you rolled low in second edition or you rolled high in every... Well, no, other way around. You rolled high in second edition or rolled low in every other edition of, of Dungeons & Dragons or... I go last. You go last. Okay, so <laughs> our week in gaming here... It's been a couple of weeks, actually, since we recorded one of these straightforward podcasts. We've put up a few other podcasts recently, some interviews. We did a live play, actual play of Ten Candles that we put up, so we hope you've been enjoying those. But we played some games, so obviously we played Ten Candles, which was interesting. Why don't we f- reflect Man, a little bit? your dice rolls, I mean, were great <laughs> for the group, but sucked for you. How do you... Statistically impossible. Oh, to I not know. roll sixes, that many sixes, you just you, that many die. You should have rolled sixes. I know. I mean, I had so many more dice than you, and I was often not winning the encounter. So, ten candles. For those who don't know, essentially, there is a, there are. It's a game where you light ten candles at the beginning of the game, and as you go through the game, candles are blown out, and it is a 
tragic horror game in that in the end everybody dies. Everybody you will all dies. die. Yeah. So it's the it's the story of how that happens, and um, and so I was the, I guess the game master and the rest of you were players and essentially the, as the game goes on the game master ends up with more and more dice and whoever wins encounters controls the narrative and this and that and i was not controlling the narrative hardly at all yeah so a game that's supposed to last between two and three hours went about four hours um much to our chagrin as we went to bed at like midnight or no, it was Later almost than one o'clock. Almost one o'clock. Yeah. We went to bed. And uh, parents, come on. On a weekday especially? <laughs> no. just And non-parents. People who are in their 40s or <laughs> older. I mean, generally, most of us, you know, want to be in bed at a decent hour. I but know. Some of us, like Amanda Plagman, are night owls. Yeah, and she didn't even play, so it doesn't even matter. So, but anyway, um, yeah, so that was, but it, it was, a, that was an interesting sort of playthrough on that game. But we've also been doing some other stuff. We played Troika. I ran a Troika game since the last yeah. time we recorded a podcast. Which... Pointy McStabbers. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I didn't have a whole lot of planning time. Work's been a little busy, so I just named my character Pointy McStabbers because she is a union lawyer. Something. She was a lawyer, yeah. Of and some instead sorts. of uh, verbally arguing your case, you actually just stab each other to death to see who wins the case. Yeah, you know, typical Troika. And actually, we recorded that episode, the first, uh, it's a two-parter. It's going to be a two-parter. We've already recorded the first one. We've got the second one lined up. So. Do you really think it's going to be just two parts? Well, I mean, you do now control an undead pterodactyl, so that'll help you travel faster. That's, that is true. But uh, most of the party, I, I would say we kind of fall under the class of dupers. <laughs> we just kind of dupe along. <laughs> <laughs> but in the most fun way possible. Oh, yeah. So oh, yeah. It's, it was a really a great time playing some Troika. We've, I don't know if we've played Dragonland since the last time that we had a... We, we had finished a, Castle Amber. I yeah. think, I am pretty sure we have not put together a podcast since that. Because yeah. I am so excited that it's over with. It was fun. It was fun. I came out of it one point wiser. <laughs> almost one point less charisma um but i don't know i mean it was interesting it was, it was interesting and it killed everybody in the party except me or almost everybody i think everybody died except me and at least one melanor might not have died at all but we lost two characters along the way and the two other characters died at least once but were able to be brought back to life yeah i mean it was a kind of deadly adventure it was interesting i think and it was really fun. I actually really enjoyed it. But there was definitely sort of a you're trapped in this adventure. Didn't feel like there was a lot of freedom there, which is sort of part of what that is. But um, but it was great fun. I'm glad that we did it. It was one How of those classic. Sessions? I think it ended up being about 25 sessions it took us to get through it. Um, so And I combined the original Castle Amber Basic Edition module, upgraded to Second Edition. And then I also took some stuff from the Goodman Games 5th edition version of it. And I know most people out there are playing 5th edition these days. It's a great, great book. I mean, really great diagrams, really thorough adventure, keeps to true to the, the nature of that old Castle Amber adventure. I and, love, love the music you played when we were in the castle to start with. 
I cannot get that out of my head. That was from tabletopaudio.com, which you know how much I love tabletop audio. So I use that all the time. I yeah. feel like I'm going to need to point out, for anyone who wants to do Castle Amber, I think I need to point the way to this very specific music because it really kind of fit the, the strangeness of the setting. Mm-hmm. I, I, they had good music for... I mean, tabletopaudio.com is free, by the way, although he has a Patreon. And it's free, and you can play sound effects, and you can play music, and it's all this stuff, and it's copyright free as well. So, you know, if we stream it, then we won't run into copyright issues on YouTube. But it's really, really a great resource. I, I wholeheartedly believe in it, and you know, support the guy. We don't get anything from him. I don't know him at all, but it's um, it's a really great resource, and I use it for pretty much all of our games now. You do get something from the guy. What? The enjoyment of creating wonderful sounds right. and music yes, for the game. Yes, true, true. I do get that. So we should have that guy on the show. Maybe we can reach out to him. I would be that would be cool. I really am a big believer in in that. So um, uh, wanted to mention, you know, Jeremy Childry's Gordonette Games um, Cocaine and Alligator Supplement is now <laughs> actually out in print. We got ours, our print yeah. copy. Uh, which you can get from Exalted Funeral. We did an interview with him recently, so you can get that now at Exalted Funeral. I was really excited to get it in the mail. And I've been seeing people post up, like, oh, hey, on social media. Oh, look, I got my copy. And uh, so that's really fun. I want to play that again, actually. I want to run that. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Um, other than that, picked up Rebel Crown, which is another RPG that I want to want to dive into we also pick- finally picked up the the book for kids on bikes yeah kids on bikes which oh from firefly games in columbia south carolina oh that was an awesome place oh my god what a great store slash gaming center place thing. yeah local game store i guess you could call but man now all the tables the pinball room oh my, oh my god, god pinball room. rpgs but like adult rpgs but then also kids rpgs tons of board games and everybody there was super cool by the way yeah like i was like it was great it was a great experience and a wall, like a big wall of, of jelly bean selection too for when you get when you good selection of snacks good snack selection there, like. good snack selection good dice selection as well yep, we looked at the lots dice lots of click clacks uh, <laughs> I really wish we had something like that near us I know well we used to have something similar but we it was not as much more scaled down yeah modest we do um, but you know if you happen through Columbia South Carolina really great stop there we were in the in the middle of these drives that we recorded these recordings on and we decided we saw it on the way up but it was pouring rain and, and lightning had just struck the parking lot that we were in which yeah was the same parking lot for that and you know when yeah. that's happening you just decide to keep going but we decided on the way home we wanted to stop by so we did and i'm glad we did um we ended up you know supporting a local game shop and seeing a really cool spot so um and they were so kind to uh, a fussy baby man yeah and we did buy him some toys so that always helps yeah. <laughs> yeah. well look why don't we get into these couple of segments that we have we have two back-to-back car segments again so expect a little bit of background interference but hopefully you can make it through that to listen to our well incredible wisdom <laughs> what kind of <laughs> Um, no. Well, anyway, hopefully you'll enjoy it. So we did a two segments. One, uh, the first one that we're going to play here is about rolling with the punches. And we'll talk a little bit about what that means here during the segment. And then what was the other one about? I don't know. But while you're looking that up, I, I just, you know, you're playing a little bit of that first portion uh, while we were getting ready. And, yeah, I have probably one of the longest stories I've ever given um, on this show. 
And it's just so funny to think back on it when things go wrong, how you can react to them or roll with it and try to work through the issue that's happening. Yeah, and I think that that's, it is an interesting topic. And I think it's something that's going to come up more and more. I mean, especially as we play online and there's audio issues and there's things like that. Or, you know, just anytime, you, I mean, gamers, we're all a little bit weird. You know what I mean? So there's going to be things that I'm happen. <laughs> Everybody except for Gretchen is weird, which makes her weird because she's not weird. <laughs> and the other segment we did was getting in the, playing games that are in tune with your particular headspace we talk oh that's right we talk a little bit about um vampire the masquerade and what kind of games that we're interested in playing right now specifically sort of gretchen's um personal tastes at the moment so anyway let's go ahead and start with this first segment talking all about rolling with the punches enjoy hey there welcome to the common room sit anywhere you like All right, so a bit of a bonus podcast here in the car, so forgive the background noise here. But Gretchen and I are on a long trip, so we figured we would chat about some RPG topics. And we figured we started off, Gretchen, why don't you tell a little story? We played a game of Weirdwood on Discord the other day. Well, thankfully it wasn't the game, it was the planning session, or the world building session. Man, it sucked. <laughs> so basically, just to kind of give everybody an idea of what we were doing, we play on the RPG Connection Discord group. We've mentioned it a bunch of times, and I was running this new game, Weirdwood, by Ben Sperduto, who we did an interview with recently on the podcast, and he talked all about Weirdwood, actually. And the game essentially starts with a world-building session. You do a lot of creation of characters, specific locations, things like that, and you ask a bunch of questions, and everybody collaborates to make this world, and it has a yes and philosophy. So somebody throws out a suggestion, nobody knocks it down. Instead, you say, if you want to do something else, you say, okay, we'll do that, but we're also going to do this too. And so Gretchen was on Discord, I was on Discord. And it was, um, you know, it, it seemed like it was going to be fun. We've done this sort of thing before uh, with the Dresden Files. It, it was a lot of fun. Um, but, you know, so being a woman in the RPG world, or maybe I should say being a woman in the world, uh, it is often the case that you are talked over by your male counterparts. And so I am trying to help build this world, and people keep talking over me. Well, it was it was a sausage party. It's all dudes. Um, so yeah, the, but players we played with before right. that we knew were like legit good players. Like these were not yeah. the kind of players that we have that we we knew these people were non toxic players. Right, and so I'm really frustrating. And then someone says like I'm dropping out. So then I'm trying to find headphones. And, you know, when you have a toddler, headphones disappear, like many other things in your life. And um, I find another pair of headphones, and there are these cheap headphones that Rob ordered off of Amazon. You know, you get like five pairs for like 20 bucks. cents. Yeah, they, yeah. Were not, they were not expensive. <laughs> They're not good headphones. And so I'm thinking, you know, okay, it's these headphones. 
all right, well, I keep trying to, you know, people keep saying, well, you're breaking up, I can barely hear you. So then I go and I get, you know, the brand's name headphones, and I'm like, all right, this is gonna work. And people are, like, everyone's feeding into each other's ideas, except when I throw one out, no one's saying anything, or they're talking over me. And I'm, was exasperated by the problem that we are playing on Discord, but you and I are sitting next to each other. Right. So can I can hear, hear you. I don't realize that your your internet feed or your sound is off because I literally hear you. Yeah. Speaking. So you sound fine to me. Yeah, I sound you know like right now. Yeah. Hey, what's up? <laughs> and uh, and so finally, someone says again, like, "Look, you're dropping out." And I'm like, all right, I'm just going to restart the computer. Well, then the computer is taking a really long time. So I managed to just log out of Discord and log back in. And when I log back in, I say, is this better? And then everyone goes, oh, wow. So much better. Because everybody had turned up the volume on Gretchen so that they could hear her better because they're nice people and want Gretchen to be involved. They weren't talking over her at all. (laughs) Yeah, and here I was, you know, frustrated that people didn't seem to like my ideas or had better ideas or um, they didn't want to, you know, add in details to the things that I was picking up. It was really frustrating. It was really hard. And then to find out that it's Discord. Which I feel like maybe it should have been obvious because everybody on Discord seems to have problems with Discord every now and then. <laughs> you have to log out and log yeah, back in. I've had it happen with me too, for sure. But, you know, at that point, I've, I've missed chunks of the world building. And I'll, I'll pick it up when we start playing the game for real. But, like, these are all cool people. I, you know, I've, I've played with, you know... Chris and Nick, and I don't know that I played with Z. Yeah, Z was new. But, you know, I mean, it's it's a very, the RPG group itself is a very welcoming, equal opportunity thing. So Mm -hmm. it was just, it was just, man, and after a really long, hard day of work, that sucked. Yeah, and once we figured it out, I was feeling so bad for you. I mean, obviously, that's so frustrating, and I understand that. And I'll and I'll share that the next day. <laughs> you were like, yeah, that was so much fun. It was. Like, it no, was. It was really fun. And that's the thing is that like it, it is such a collaborative thing. Everybody kind of gets into it with each other, sort of building off each other, and it, it just ends up being really like you all feel like you're working together. It's really fun. Yeah. So and what happened the next day? So the next day, you know, it's funny because. The next day, I played in a game with the same one of the same guys, Chris. I played with him in an AD and D second edition game, excellent game that Chris runs. And Chris and I, and, and uh, it was it's me and one other player. So it's a really small game, but we've been playing it for months and months now. It's really a lot of fun. And Chris was having all kinds of internet problems, and it was really funny because it seemed to happen every single time on a cliffhanger. <laughs> Like, we would be like, oh, okay, um, what happens? And then he would drop out. You know, it would be like this moment where we were about to have something revealed, and he would just drop out. And I could tell he was getting very frustrated. But, you know, myself and the other player, Andre, we're, we're, we've been playing with Chris for a while. We love the game. We didn't. We just felt bad for him. We were like, you know, oh, God, so frustrating for him. Of course, we want to play the game. We really weren't upset about it. We were just kind of like... 
poor guy, because I understand as a game master, you're trying when you're trying to run a game and technological problems are getting in the way. And um, and so we wanted to share one more quick anecdote here before we sort of get into what we're bringing this up about. And that was another in another situation recently that's not technologically related, technology related. And that's our friend Bianca, who's been on the show before talking about the library program. Wait, and was this the notes. first in-person game or the second? First. No, this was the second. This was, was the second. It was, or was it, it was the second one because we had not gotten all the way through the first time. And so it was oh, the right. second. It was like literally the grand finale of Castle Amber, my ADD second edition adaptation of it for our the game. 30 plus sessions? Yeah, whatever. A lot. A lot of sessions. <laughs> and she forgot her character sheet. And one of the things that Bianca did really well, though, is that she just was like, well, we'll just figure it out. We just worked together. We figured it out. I didn't even realize she didn't have her character sheet. Once we started playing, it just seemed totally normal. Like, there was no concern about it. It didn't really come and come up. So, I was kind of bringing this up to Gretchen before we started the podcast, and I was sort of thinking, oh, well, let's talk about, you know, how things can be... Um, being prepared for the game and everything like that and, and making sure that you have everything set up so that way you run smoothly. But you brought up a different idea and I think it's a good one. It's uh, pun intended, I guess, at this point. Uh, rolling with the punches. Because things are gonna go wrong. Right. That's life. Beyond your control. Things that are like... Every day. It's not like things are gonna go wrong in the game. But Every like, hour. Yeah. <laughs> Like you're gonna be right playing now. the game and somebody's gonna roll a die that in the middle of a tense moment and somebody's gonna roll a die and it's gonna fall on the floor. If you know what's gonna happen, yeah. you know what I mean? It's gonna kind of break that immersion, you know? Or so we were playing 10 Candles the other day and we posted that up actually so you can listen to our 10 Candles version. And if you listen to it, about 10 minutes into the game, you hear me say, Alexa, music off. <laughs> <laughs> because we had forgotten to turn off the music. and. We all kind of had a little laugh, and obviously, Ten Candles is a dark, intense game. So you don't want to have that happen. We did that thing, and then we just moved on. And I think that that's a really valuable skill because we all want the game to go the way we hope it to. Like we want it to be perfect, I guess you might say, and it never is. It never works out like that. Yeah, but you know, I think the important thing is, is you know, don't deny your feelings. It's frustrating. If something is frustrating, just embrace it. It's frustrating, but try to try to get going and move on. I wish I had been an inventor, better mental state uh, with the whole Discord thing, and I wish that I had remembered that everybody just needs to leave and come back sometimes. Mm -hmm. But I was just so wrapped up in you know in my work day and you know <laughs> functioning less sleep than I normally do. Um, that, it, you know, I didn't roll up it as much as I should have. Which did result in an apology to you for snipping <laughs> at you. But you know, though... And you were very gracious, thank you. <laughs> well, I understand. We all go through hard times. I mean, it's like, you know, we have... Especially as parents that we're trying to do gaming, you know, most of the time when we're... When we game, almost every single time we have a game... Okay, so let's, let's talk about this a little bit more in depth. Every night, basically, 
the last hour and a half of our son's day. The toddler tornado. The toddler tornado. The two-hour toddler tornado. It is the hardest part of every day. Yes. Yeah. He is... He starts getting tired. He's hungry. His day has come to an end. He's had a busy day. There's just... Everything is... It comes to a head. And it is the hardest part of every day. And so we do the most difficult part of our days. And then we play a game. So... It's always about sort of overcoming that mental hurdle of being exhausted, worn down, beat down by this little bundle of joy, <laughs> and then trying to play a game. And so... You know what I really enjoy is when I come out from the bedroom, close the door behind me in the hallway, and you and I make eye contact, and there's just this moment of... We love our son so much, but wow, that was really hard, yeah. but we got through it. We got it. We made it. And I will say a lot of the time, we don't even, by the time we actually get to the game, we don't actually feel like playing the game. We're like, oh my God, I don't want to play. But then I'll, I would say nine times out of 10, it ends up being something that makes us happy. Like it, we feel good. We had a, we have a great time. We feel like, ah, oh, okay, that was that was a release, you know, that was some time for us, like we got to have to do something that wasn't just being parents, you know, or just working, it was actually something entertaining, and it usually involved playing with other, you know, being with friends, and there were moments of hilarity, and deep moments, and all of that, and so, you know, and, and so I think it is that kind of adds that frustration, is like when things aren't quite right, and you're tired, and you're exhausted, it can be hard to roll with the punches. But I think when situations like that do happen, we can learn from them. I mean, I've certainly had my technological issues. Um, you know, <laughs> as you well know, I touch a computer and it has a problem. I mean, there's like, it's just, that's the way I, I mean, I should be, we've joked about how I should be a, a tester for computers because I, I will find the problem. I know computer. <laughs> I know it's, I brought the computer out to you the other day, Lincoln had banged on the keys and it looked like there was something I don't even know what had happened it was like there was this there was weird like, ghosting like, image on <laughs> top of it I think it was like your I don't I don't know it's like your F screen or whatever I don't know what it's called but yeah, it's like your post-it notes and your little shortcuts it was just on top of your your word document yeah and it was like ghosted on there and I couldn't click on anything and I, we literally had to hit the hard reset <laughs> to just get the thing to restart so but it's um but I mean, you know, like that. You came in. You're just. Who you? Can you help, please? Don't make it go. <laughs> help, help, help. Um, but you know, I mean, I think that's a good point, and I think this is something that we can all, as as game masters and as players, just kind of roll with it. And I think you're. I think you made a really, really good point. Expre express the fact that you're frustrated, and if you're in a group with of people that you trust, which is, you really should be in that position. Vulnerability is strength. Just say. I'm having a lot of technical difficulties right now. I'm getting really frustrated, and I apologize for that. And, yeah. and get it off, get it out there in the open right away. And then everybody's, and I think most gamers are totally understandable because we've all been there. Yeah. Every one of us has been there. And it's frustrating for all of us when we're there. And so okay, we all wait, understand. Wait. We just passed a, a road sign that said, Turtly Awesome Adventures, and it had a turtle on it. 
I thought you would appreciate that. I do. Dad. I do appreciate it. I mean, when our kid is like four, we'll laugh about it for three hours. <laughs> Can we laugh about it for two hours, even though it's just you and I? Yeah, we okay. can do that. But anyway, we'd love to hear from you about your stories of your issues and how you've kind of worked to overcome them. Oh, and man. I, and you know there's some good ones. Oh, you... You no, know somebody spilled like a 32-ounce soda all over everybody's character sheets and books? That's the kind of thing I want to hear about. So, okay, you know, I actually will add one more story before we end this episode. I ran my most successful and probably best campaign I ever ran, which was the Compass Lights of Orderland, which was a uh, Is that really... Homebrew? That was homebrew. Yep, and it was a, well. It wasn't. It was set in the Forgotten Realms, but pretty much everything else was home. It was homebrew, and it was this big epic adventure. Um, lasted about eighty sessions, and it was this really. It, for me, it was. It's my. It's my pride and joy. My my favorite campaign I've ever run, and I'm really proud of it. People still talk about it. Yeah, people do still talk about it, and, I, and that makes me very happy. Well, anyway, I don't know if you remember this, but. At a certain point during that game, my computer that I was using it died. And oh, remember, yeah, yeah, yeah we, I remember that. Yeah, and we were trying to get the data from it and stuff. We had to take it to, you know, a computer repair place, which we got oh, screwed, we, totally screwed yeah. over by. But we were gonna say we went to one of your players' house. And he got it taken care of, right? He got something. Yeah, but then I didn't have a computer for a, a few weeks. And during that process of not having a computer, I wanted to still run the game. And so I, and I didn't have access to my notes while this, all this process was going on. So I had, I had like this notebook that I hand wrote literally, and this is old school. I mean, you know, like it's like us in the old days, I hand wrote adventures. And back then I used to do a lot more prep work. I hand wrote pages oh and pages God. and pages of notes so much. in a notebook and I How ran out of that. you actually use? Um, I mean, I ended up using a lot of the material that I wrote okay. in that game. That was, because that was pretty, I mean, I don't want to say it was a railroad. Let's say it was a roller coaster. So I would, I, I kind of drew them in a, in a pretty specific direction. So, I mean, I, you know, to my there's positives and negatives. We, we'll, we've talked about that. Railroads, roll, roller coasters, and open world games before. But I, this was definitely a roller coaster, occasionally a railroad, and sometimes an open world game. And so... You had so much, so many notes. So many notes. <laughs> but that particular adventure I did ended up doing handwritten notes. And I will tell you what, it went great. It was actually the part of that game that focused on... Amanda's character, Amanda Plagman, who's been on the show, and she's kind of a guest. She's kind of another member of our RPGs that maybe makes three team, I guess you might say. And it was all about her character. And it, the adventure was based on the movie Apocalypse Now. So I wrote the entire adventure based off of that and kind of used that as the sort of setting and feel of it. So it was a long trip by river that they went on. And I would have respected you more if you said Heart of Darkness. Well, I had read the book Heart of Darkness as well, so I was actually incorporating both. But the reason why I say the movie more than the than the book was because I ended up using the sound. I ended up using some of the soundtrack from the movie as background music. Okay. I ended up using a few quotes from the specific movie 
during the game while we were playing it, and so, and so it was. That's dark. That's a dark story. It was a dark. The whole thing ended up being really pretty dark in the end, but it was fun. It was a lot of. It was a lot of interesting role play and everything, but I, again, I had to adapt. I had to kind of roll with the punches, like you said, switch to a um, paper game. And I don't know, maybe that was the beginnings of what I do now, because it was very, I, I write a lot slower than I type. It's not as easy to just alter and manipulate stuff when you're writing stuff down on a piece of paper instead of writing it on the computer. So I had to be a little bit more organized and a little bit more minimalist in the way that I did that. So I learned a lot from that. But yeah, rolling with the punches. I would be interested in hearing what people's stories are. So email us at rpgsandbabymix3 at gmail.com or you can send us a message on our Facebook page. You can... Carrier Pigeon? Yeah, Carrier Pigeon. I would really appreciate a Carrier Pigeon. You can comment on the YouTube. By the way, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Subscribe to our iTunes channels. Those are really great for us. Leave some reviews, five-star reviews. Thumbs up those videos. We really appreciate it. And we appreciate all of you for listening. And we can't wait to hear what you've got in your stories of overcoming. Rolling with the punches. I like rolling with the punches. Rolling with the punches. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah. Have you ever tried to go back and watch something like Xena of Hercules? Not for a long time. I haven't watched an episode of, of either. It's Xena is far better. Uh, Hercules is. Well, was Xena was the more popular of the two? Was it? Was it not? Was it not? I would I would assume so. She was my world. <laughs> well, she Hercules was a Xena spinoff. Am I right about that? I think so. I think so. Well, anyway, I mean, we're kind of getting off the topic here, but the idea was that I was, I was just throwing out a ton of different games. Like, oh, well, we can play this or we can play that. And trying to think of some campaign-style games that we can do that were not Dungeons & Dragons, although we like, threw out a bunch of Dungeons & Dragons options as well, different worlds, ideas, things like that. And I threw out playing the game Vampire, and you kind of responded to that. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's a very dark game. I, I just don't have the headspace for a dark game. I mean, now don't get me wrong, when I am working, I will stream horror movie after horror movie, but like, I can't, I don't know, I, I feel like when you're role-playing, you really immerse yourself in that, and I just don't have the emotional want to do that to myself right now. I want something lighthearted and escapist. And life is hard enough. I don't want to have to struggle. What about when we played Ten Candles recently? What What about that? I mean, how did that kind of make you feel? Well, I knew it was one night. Okay, so it's, it's really not necessarily that you couldn't do a dark game for one night or two nights. Like a a shorter thing, but you don't want to get involved in a campaign where you're really investing your emotional, your emotions into playing the character that's in that world. Yeah, and I would also say, uh, from my experience, which is quite limited, I think a lot of people who play the vampire werewolf world games, of darkness world games. of darkness games, they are... I mean, I think in order to really get into those characters, you do have to be broody in a way, um, which at one point in my life I could very easily do, and I'm sure I could slip back into that, but I have a kid. You know, we have a child. I don't know if you know this or not, but, like, I want to just be able to focus on the good right now, and, and if I need to get some of that out of my system, I think a one-shot is great, but to really kind of do a weekly or a bi-weekly thing where I'm steeped in this world, I just, I, I do not have the emotional capacity to do that right now. It's interesting, I think, in terms of that topic in a broader sense, the idea of how much does the character, how much do, do we invest ourselves into the character truly? I mean, how much of it is like, oh, I just want to explore this thing and then I can kind of turn it off when I leave the table or one minute I'm playing some sort of dark and brooding or, or in this really immersive experience where the character is exploring more challenging emotions and then say we take a five or ten minute break and then we're all like, oh, let's go get some cake and have some Doritos and like, it's like we're 
you can like it's a switch on and off versus I I personally like I get kind of into a character that especially when I'm gonna if it's a one-off okay that's different but if it's a character that I'm gonna play in a long term I start to like really get myself into the headspace of the character and thinking about well what am I gonna do in that character and I and it becomes much more three-dimensional for me I don't think that I can there's a very thin line for me between the character and myself when I'm playing something longer term that is really invested. Yeah, I mean, you know, when I play Tick Tick, I'm in to have a great time. Mm-hmm. He is bouncy and silly and lighthearted. And even when I've had really boogie day at work, I know I can slip into Tick Tick's. Uh, jungler pants and <laughs> and really kind of have fun with it. But even like in a game like Ravenloft where I have uh, Pika, she's more serious. Though I've lightened her up to match the mood of the group, she is more serious. And I, you know, I still have fun, but it's a different energy. It's a different vibe. And at the end of a game, I'm still I'm much more subdued. But when I play Tick Tick, I come you know, I finish playing him, but I am just, you know, bouncy. I don't know. Like, I can get through the final night chores with some gusto. <laughs> <laughs> this is such an interesting topic to me because I don't think there's anything wrong with it one way or another, but I do think that, for me at least, I wonder this like just taking it like another step further. If I was playing in a game and there was it was a darker game and somebody that I was more of an acquaintance with, not necessarily somebody that I am let's just say somebody that I'm like I'm really I, I know someone, but maybe I only game with him. So we're not really friends outside of the gaming. And I wouldn't include someone like Amanda. We really only game with Amanda, but we've known her so long, and I'm speaking of Amanda Plagman, who is often on the show, and she's kind of a member of our podcast, uh, when Amanda is also more than just a gaming friend for me, you know, she's like a, a, a friend friend, so, yeah. and we play with, for example, though we play with our, our good friend Greg, and our good friend Brian, for example, and both of them, Bianca in there too. Bianca, we play with some of these folks, and there are friends where I kind of feel like if Greg or Brian or Bianca in game did something betrayal like or, or something dark or something twisted or something that I thought was kind of messed up or whatever to one of my characters I could probably let that go no big deal okay and I wouldn't feel like okay this person was doing something to me but I think if it was somebody that I was more just an acquaintance with, I think it would be a little bit more of a challenge for me to not take some of that personally. You know, I think it would be a little That's bit a more point. like, I mean, I guess, I mean, I'm a grown man, I'm 43 freaking years old. You would think I could just be like understanding it's only a game, but I think we really get deep into these characters and emotions run high and it is only a game but the emotions are real 
So to just say like, oh, it's just meaningless, you just let it go, whatever. I don't really think that that works. And when we've had problems with players in the game, that things that were happening in the game, it often ended up being a situation where that person, there was a, a, it became an issue with the friendship too, not just the game. You know, it's, I, you know, it's another thing that kind of like, for something like Vampire, that like you played in the city, the game's based in the city you live in, right? Well, you can, a lot of people do that. I just, I, I don't like that idea. Well, we wouldn't have to. You don't have to play in the city that you're in. I, I think it really depends on the game. So we were playing, and we're kind of going off in many directions, but this is a bonus pod, so bear with us here. But we're playing in, we're playing Weirdwood. And we played, and it just so happens that within like a week, I ran two sessions of Weirdwood, Ben's Bernudo's sort of dark dark fantasy game, or dark modern game, I guess you might say. The premise is that there is this other place called the Weirdwood, which over, lays over our world, and there is a barrier between the two worlds called the Verho, and in certain places that barrier is weak, and the Weirdwood is formed by the dreams and nightmares of the population that lives nearby, so it's usually in cities and things like that. And we were playing, uh, I played one session the first session I played with Amanda Plagman and Bianca, who both have been on the podcast many times, and the first session of Weirdwood, or the first couple of hours really, are you create the world together as a group. Bianca, Amanda, and I, we made Savannah. Savannah. So we did a Savannah Worlds game. All right. right? So uh, we I'll still it. play it. In okay. okay. And then when we played online on Discord and you were in that second game on Discord. Was and we I? Did... <laughs> oh gosh. You played in the second game on Discord. We played with some other folks. Some of them we knew. Some we didn't know as well. But none of them did we know like from our own home table. They were from all over. We ended up deciding on a city that none of us knew that well but for reasons that we thought were interesting and we chose Perth, Australia which was like the farthest away from other places or whatever. And we thought it would be kind of an interesting place to play. It's sort of on the edge of civilization in a lot of ways. And we thought it'd be an interesting place to play. And Chris, during that conversation, Chris, one of the players, made a comment that I thought was really interesting. He said, when you're playing in a game where you choose the city that you play in, or you're playing the location, you choose the location, if you're all from the same place, you should play where you all are, because then everybody kind of knows what you're talking about. If you're playing with a group where nobody is from the same place, you want to choose a place that nobody is from and nobody knows well, because then you can all make it up. You don't have to all, you know, so nobody has any references. Right. So either everybody has the references or or nobody has any references. It's one or the other. And I thought that was an interesting take. Yeah. Yeah. So for the home table game of Weirdwood, we chose to do Savannah, Georgia, where we live, because the players, we all knew those places. So we could kind of play off of 
certain facts and things that we knew about the city of Savannah and make it sort of interesting. So, for example, we chose the Yellow Fever tunnels as being a way that you could get into the Weirdwood. We all knew that as a place in Savannah, and for those who don't live here, there was, we had the Yellow Fever run rampant in Savannah for several years in a row, and they built these underground tunnels, and these tunnels still exist in the city, so it's like a perfect sort of ancient and an ancient place that might be inhabited by spirits and things. So we thought, okay, this is a really good way that we can use a historical location and do Weirdwood. But when we were doing Perth, like, none of us know anything about Perth. So everything that we did was total fantasy. Like, we just made up what we wanted to make up in the game. So I think that's the case, like, in Vampire, I think we could, you could go either way. I'm generally not as big of a fan of doing the home city either. I don't love that. I kind of like the mystery of being in some other place. Yeah. And sometimes you need a break from Greenland. Yeah. <laughs> True enough, right? Um, it's funny, though, when we did Dresden Files in the world creation, we did Savannah as well. Yeah. And we played... Dresden Files is a wonderful... The Dresden Files RPG is a wonderful world-building component of it at the very beginning of the game that everybody builds the city. And it's really a lot of fun. We enjoy doing that. Weirdwood, Weirdwood has a totally different method of doing it, but also equally fun. Unless you're having technical difficulties and you think everybody's talking over you like Gretchen. Uh, refer to a previous episode, Bonus Pod, from the car for more information on that one. But I think that it's interesting that idea of using it, you want escapism for your RPGs right now because life is kind of hard with work and raising a toddler and just kind of, I don't know, even just the last year of COVID. And I mean, I know we're kind of going to have that now. That's a big thing too, is I think it's really, it really depends on what the circumstances. And we've had a really dark over a year now. And the world has had a really dark period. And I just don't want to be in that right now. I get that. You know, it's funny because I'm kind of on the other side of the spectrum is that I'm sort of interested in exploring some dark games. Although... I don't know if I would be ready for a long-term Yeah, but you dark... never spent part of your life as a goth. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I explored all of the intricate darkness of my soul. I was a big fan of Nine Inch Nails in high school. I mean, oh, come on. There you go. <laughs> Nine Inch Nails, that's so... And metal. I mean, I was like, you know, not exactly Mr. Happy-Go-Lucky. I wasn't <laughs> listening to Vanilla Ice and... I don't know. What was the word? Is it was, was it in sync? No, I think it was like it was no, it was even before in sync and and was it the um gosh it was before then. Although it was when I was like a really little kid. Oh, New Kids on the Block. New Kids on the Block. Oh, yeah, New Kids well, on the Block. Well, I mean, when I was younger, I listened to them. Yeah, I mean, that's like Woo! a kid. I never listened. To I don't know what you just did there, but that was... I'm isolating that for future broadcasts. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'll just tell everybody out there, I do have a folder, which I'm keeping, of snippets of Gretchen being hilarious. Um, so one day, one day we'll break that out uh, behind the scenes. <laughs> be real bonus footage. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, I like lighthearted games, too. I, I really do. So it's interesting. We So we kind of, in getting 
kind of pushing the conversation forward a little bit here, is that we talked about vampire and how maybe it was you had to get into dark headspace. So I started throwing out some other ideas, and I ended up throwing out Kids on Bikes, which is an RPG, you know, Stranger Things or ET kind of kids get in adventures together. And there's sort of a PG feel about those games, you know. If, and and it was it was funny because we played. Junior Brave's Guide to the Apocalypse, and played a one-off, and our mission was essentially to get gas for our car and and get away because our car ran out of gas and we had to move on. The apocalypse happened while we were out, you know, doing our Junior Brave's things, and we had to go get gas. And the gas, our car broke down on one side of the town, and we had to like cross the town to get to the other side of the town and get gas. And we kept encountering all of these things. Like, there were these, like, um... This, like, gang, I guess. Like, like leather-wearing gang types that had created this little fortress. And there was, like, a... A sort of a religious cult, I guess you might say. And so I had these expectations based on my previous play of other games that these would be, like, really messed up. Like, they would be, like... I mean, I'm thinking, like, the gang, because we're in a post-apocalyptic world, I'm thinking, you know, Negan here from, like, Walking Dead or something, like, you know, like, just totally brutal, evil, evil, evil gang. And they weren't, they were, like, PG evil, you know? They were, they were not really, like, we encountered them, we managed to escape, and they didn't really come after us, and it wasn't really, like, a really dark thing. Then we made our way into the cults, to get the gas. And I played a bully who was kind of fun to play, but he was also charismatic. So there was like some lightheartedness. Yeah, um, and like it wasn't, it never went to a dark place. Like, it, even when things were happening that could have been dark, it never went past a PG rating. It never went into those dark places. It never cross the line. There wasn't torture. There wasn't teenagers getting their heads ripped off or you know, there wasn't any of that stuff. And I and I sort of thought that was interesting. And then when we were talking about doing the long longer term campaign after Dragonlance, one of the things we came up with was the possibility of doing kids well, kids on bikes. Yeah, I like that idea. Yeah, and that might be fun, you know, it might be fun to just kinda of be lighthearted a little bit. And see you know this is kind of funny, like a little bit of a of a comparison I would like to make is that uh, don't get me wrong we know we don't cuss on this podcast unless it's a special guest or something but we don't cuss on this podcast because this is meant for parents and maybe you're listening to this when you have kids and around and so we're not gonna you know, use a lot of that language but I'm as happy to speak in foul language as possible and I can listen to comedians who speak in the most vulgar vulgar terms but I kind of give a lot of credit to comedians that are funny without cussing, without being extra vulgar. Yeah. And I kind of think of like that when I'm thinking of Kids on Bikes or Junior Brave's Guide to the Apocalypse or other games that are in this sort of similar vein. Playing the game where you know you're not going past the PG rating and finding a way to explore a character deeply and in an interesting way without needing to have it 
where you but but be but but have the limitations of playing a teenager. Uh, have the limitations of not going to that place. And I think that there's something interesting to me in that, like in trying to explore that. You know, like kind of sometimes the limitations are what can make a game interesting or life experience interesting or art interesting. It's like how do you do something interesting, like creative within the framework that is provided to you. Yeah. All that. <laughs> uh, but, well, you know, and I think something that's also a little fun about something like Kids on Bikes is being a parent, I've been able to kind of live some childlike moments through Lincoln's eyes. And it's kind of made me think, you know, how would a child approach some of this? And remember that fearlessness of, you know, you don't think about dying or risk-taking isn't so um, problematic. It's, I don't know. I, I kind of like exploring that. The world is full of so much more wonder. Yes. Yeah, I Even have, if like, it's a scary situation. Yeah, or, and, and even just, like, we find... One of the things, of course, and I'm sure your parents out there understand this, is like, if you follow your kid around, they find the cool stuff, like, <laughs> and, and they see neat things, and they get engaged with stuff that we miss, we just kind of take for granted, because it's, like, it's not, we're just living our life and going the path that we've learned to follow, whereas kids, they don't really have that path, they just sort of explore zigzag. whatever, zigzag, yeah, it's zigzag, yeah. Um, but I remember, I mean, I've had like so many, I was thinking, uh, and it's funny that you mentioned that because I re have been remembering since we've had Link and I've just remembered all of these incredible, wonderful experiences of my childhood that, that where there were those little moments of magic that are just really fun. I, I remember there were these paths and these woods that were near my house and we were hanging out and we kind of like explore around them and under bushes and stuff. You know, when you're a kid, you can like fit everywhere too. So like you can explore these places. And I remember finding a bunch of carrots growing in the wild. Yeah, like they were, they were just growing under these bushes. And it was That's funny. really interesting. Now, I don't think we ate the carrots because I think we were kind of like afraid. But it was kind of cool, right? You yeah, find carrots in the these, wild. like random awesome. wild carrots, right? Yeah, and I don't know. And then Lincoln, of course, found dewberries, which I took photos of, sent to you, and we confirmed that they were edible at the playground hidden back in these bushes. And we ate a thousand dewberries. And even last week, we went back and were out of the season, but they were. He went back to check and see if there were any back there. It was very sweet and cute. But now take that and expand it a couple of notches further into fantastical possibilities where there are things that define that are that that aren't just science that aren't just the real world and kind of explore that magical path that kids go down but there's even more magic yeah. that can be found and I think that that's kind of fun and it is kind of enjoyable to move into that headspace and that activity 
when you're hanging around with your kid. Like, I love hanging out with Lincoln and just, like, exploring. And I know you do, too. Like, you guys find bugs and do all that stuff. I like looking for the bugs. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that is a lot of... I mean, he's found beetles for us. He's found worms. He found that awesome bug that I found that we saw the other day. But, anyway... Yeah, I'm curious to hear what other people have to say about this topic. I mean, you know, sort of... And the topic is, because we've kind of gone everywhere, yeah. is what? Playing headspace? games that are in tune with your headspace. I mean, is it important to you? Are you finding games, you know, like, is it, are you just playing, are you willing to play anything, or is it, is it important to find a game which suits you? And maybe it is. I mean, maybe, especially now where gaming is a lot more accessible because of the online play, and it's easier to find other people who want to play games that maybe, I mean, that lots of people maybe haven't even heard of, but you can find other players who fall into that niche that want to play those games. And, yeah, so finding games for your headspace or, you know, kind of what do you think? And also, maybe, I want to talk more about this, but that line between being in character versus your person between being you and like that emotional state and like is that line how thin is that line for you how close are those two states of being can you separate it really well can you just turn it on and off or are you more like Gretchen and I who are kind of like really feeling it because um, I'd be curious I'd be really curious to, to hear what people have to say so emails rpgs and baby makes three at gmail.com you can uh, also send us a message on Facebook. You can put a comment in on our YouTube channel. You can... Oh, by the way, subscribe. Carrier Pigeon. Yeah, Carrier Pigeon. Um, still waiting. We're still waiting. Uh, but also, you know, uh, follow, subscribe to the to the YouTube channel. And subscribe to the iTunes channel. Leave us some five-star reviews because I know you think we're amazing. So leave us some five-star <laughs> reviews. And we would appreciate it. And, of course, it helps more people be able to find our podcasts on our, our YouTube channels. And um, and we will, uh, yeah, we, we look forward to hearing from you all. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. Well, we're at the end of another episode of RPGs at Baby Makes 3. Mm, Bonus pod. Bonus. Driving pod. Hope you enjoyed those. Bonus driving pod. Yeah. I don't know. I guess since we talked about Vampire the Masquerade, now I really want to play it. And I know you don't really want to Have play it. Have you ever played it? I think so. Yes, I played it before. Briefly. Like when it was new. I mean, if, if you want to play it, I could go dark. I mean, I can I can go really dark. So if if you want, we could, we could dive into that. It's about finding just the right group, though. I think for that kind of game yeah you know playing a dark game and finding just the right group that I, I need to laugh too I need to be able to get together have a potluck yeah eat pizza or as Lincoln would say pizza 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 pizza, 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 pizza. <laughs> and have all of that play the game get into that dark headspace be done with the session and then everybody be like, oh my God, can you believe this happened? This And it like, it like an on and off switch yeah. a little bit. Like I need to play in a group that's like that. 
not playing a group where the lifestyle matches the game. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think that that's for me where I need to find that balance because I don't want to live in that dark headspace all the time. You know, I'm not in that place right now. And so I think I'm with you on that. I, you kind of made that point during the conversation. But yeah, interesting. And um, and so maybe we'll play that at some point. But we'd love to hear your stories. I mean, what you got, you know, based on what we talked about in those two segments, whether it be, you know, playing games that are in the right mindset for you or rolling with the punches, we'd love to hear from you. Again, rpgsandbabymakes3 at gmail.com. Well, you get all that at the end of this episode. But we will um, we will be talking to you soon. We've got several episodes lined up. We've got another one, another recording lined up with Amanda Plagman talking about a number of topics that she brought up actually in a recent podcast with us that we thought were really good subjects, um, you know, Session Zero, some other stuff as well. So we'll be talking about that on a future episode. We've still got our Edition Wars upcoming and lots of actual plays will be coming your way in the coming months as well, including Troika and Weirdwood. So look for those. Oh, Weirdwood. We forgot to talk about Weirdwood for our week in gaming. Oh, we did forget to talk about Weirdwood. Well, we'll talk about Weirdwood It was weird. (laughs) And it was really good. (laughs) That was one of the best, that was one of the most fun I've had gaming in a while, I will say, playing Weirdwood. Shout out to Ben Sperduto. Yeah, yeah. That was fun. Yeah. It was, it was really... So Weirdwood is a new game that was part of Zine Quest 3 on Kickstarter by Ben Sperduto. Again, we talked about it a lot with him. Last Readout Games? Last Readout Games, yeah. And we talked with him a lot. We did an interview with him for this podcast, which you can catch on the YouTube channel or all of our normal platforms. And we ended up building the world with... The Discord group. This is what we talked about, actually, with Gretchen having the rolling with the punches <laughs> segment there. But we actually played the game. Yeah. And it ended up being really interesting. We had the soundtrack going in the background that Ben Sperduto and his Marana's Mar- Breath yeah. band, his you know his musical project, project, um, which is great soundtrack. But then we incorporated music that was suggested by the players. Including I am the walrus. Yes, I am the walrus. That was that song was part of the world building was that when that song was playing there was the possibility that a gate or a passageway from our world through the Verho, which is the veil between our worlds, into the Weirdwood would open. And there was this incredible scene with one of the players, Chris, Lord Cass, playing his character, going back to the scene where his son teenage son had drowned in his background story and I was describing the scene and this is a place where teenagers hang out hung out by this lake and they like there were initials carved into the tree and he walked over there and the music was playing in the background while we were playing and I am the walrus came on while we were describing that scene and that is important because that song created a doorway yeah and the moment of tragedy and it was all connected and the bear hoe opened up and then this game allows a lot of narrative control by the players so Chris described what happened and how the pathway opened up and he and all of you walked out into the water essentially and through the portal yeah and then on the other end of it 
you ended up going to this place where essentially there was this character, very much a Baba Yaga type character. Is that, that's how we created uh, Yagul? was the, the creature name, yeah. and we modeled it after Baba Yaga. Yeah, and so you had this whole encounter with her, and it was kind of this really interesting and fun encounter. One of the players made this incredible drink for her special power. Yeah, his yeah. special power was that he could make you... He was a barista, playing a barista, a female <laughs> character. He was playing a female character, barista. And she could whip up whatever drink you... With a perfect drink for you. So she whipped up this drink, and it was like the tears of the innocent and all of these like sort of conceptual ideas that were mixed into the drink and Baba Yaga was pleased, helped you gather the information that you were seeking out and then kicked you out. And at the moment she was kicking you out, the I am the walrus came on again. <laughs> so she kicked you out back into the real world where no time had passed and you landed back on that beach and there was still the couple sitting on the lake bed, lake lakefront, with their stereo, their little radio, and I Am the Walrus was playing. And that's where we ended the session. So it was like this that's really great. nice full circle moment. Um, that was So that was a really, you know, as a game master, sometimes everything sort of falls into place like that for you. And mm -hmm. it's like, oh, wow, you know, when those moments happen, it's great. So um, that was a neat game, though. Everybody got to have their little feature moment, and it was really cool. Um, like, you got to describe when Baba Yaga gave you the, Yagal gave you the vision. She kissed you on the head, and yes. then you had the vision. You got to describe how that all played out. And um, everybody got to have their little special moment and it was really cool so um, anyway Weirdwood you can pick it up last readout games um, really great game I think it's like 10 bucks 15 bucks super cheap um, and, and by the way congratulations to Ben Sperduto on on successfully uh, crowdfunding kickstarting augmented so which we backed so good for him yeah um, that was awesome so I'm really happy to him for him and and uh, you know, can't wait for that game. We ended up kind of backing at a higher level to get all of his PDFs. So we're gonna have all of his games soon. So we'll be trying out some more of them, and I look forward to that. But anyway, let's get out of here. Yeah. Let's, let's let uh, let let these people go, and we'll be back with another episode within the next week or two. And um, thanks for tuning in. Oh, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and all of that. Subscribe on on. Uh, YouTube. 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 That's the thing. The place where you watch the, the videos. The way where you watch the videos if you're watching the videos. Um, and uh, we would appreciate that. Gets more viewers out there and everything. But um, anything else you got, Gretch? No. Okay. Well, let's get out of yeah. here. We'll All talk right. to you soon. Take care, everybody. RPGs and Baby Makes 3 is a production of Gretchen and Rob sitting on their couch. Email the show at rpgsandbabymakes3 at gmail.com. You can find more episodes on Podbean, Spotify, and iTunes, as well as on our free Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash RPGs and Baby Makes 3.